Amen. What a wonderful song. Thank you, Stan. Stepping on shore and finding it heaven. Touching a hand and finding it's God's hand. Thank you for that beautiful song. All right, our children are going to go to Children's Church, so head out toward the back of the sanctuary. And Mr. Ken's back there, and others going to help you. And we'll pray that they'll have a great time together as we open the Bible here in the sanctuary. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are so grateful for the perfect assurance we have in you. And thank you for this song that Stan has just brought to us and the great words of it. And we pray that uh, our hearts, Lord, are open to you now as we open the Bible. We know you're going to speak to us as you have already been speaking. But your word is perfect. Your word is truth. And so help us to be willing to hear what you would say. And may the hearing of your word, may it bring peace, may it bring assurance, and help us, Lord, to be delivered from fear, fear of dying or any other kind of fear, because we know that your love and your, your truth, it drives out all fear. And so we pray that that will happen in each heart, even this morning, now as we open ourselves to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, let's take our Bibles first and turn to 1 Corinthians 15 this morning as we think about the subject of overcoming fear with faith, and specifically, uh, the fear of dying. The fear of dying. In our winter Bible study that we've been going through, the subject matter is, What Are You Afraid Of? by Dr. David Jeremiah. And we've focused on the great truth that we can overcome fear with faith. It doesn't mean there will ever be a time when there will be a complete absence of the emotion or the instant feeling of fear. That's, going to, that's part of who we are. Sometimes fear is, is, a, is a warning. Uh, it is actually something that helps us. It leads us to make decisions. It leads us to do what we need to do. But fear, if it becomes dominant it can become paralyzing to us. It can replace what God is trying to do in our lives and through our lives with just a paralysis that keeps us from really achieving anything. And you have known people who, because of a particular kind of fear, they have retreated into themselves, isolated themselves, and have ceased to really even function in a, in a practical way that brings joy and meaning to their own life or through them to the lives of other people. And it doesn't have to be that way because God's power, God's love can bring peace. It can drive out fear in the sense of fear controlling us. And so that's what we look at this morning as we focus in on a, one, a particular fear that probably all of us have experienced, are experiencing, either for ourselves or perhaps for someone that we love. And that's the fear of dying. When we talk about death, there is the fact of death. 
and it is inescapable. Now, it's something we do our best to escape. We try to get away from it in any way that we can. Uh, People try to avoid even thinking about it or talking about it. And that's not bad in some respects. We don't want to be obsessed with thinking about dying. But it is something we should recognize. It is coming for all of us. In Psalm 116, verse 15, we find a great statement uh, about God. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So that tells us that death is coming to every child of God, his people, his saints. It's coming for all people, though, too, isn't it? Hebrews 9.27 says, and as it is appointed unto men once to die wants to die, but after this, the judgment. So physical death is coming for every person because we're in a fallen world. That's where death comes from. Adam and Eve were not created to die physically. But once sin entered the picture, the human race, death followed. Because right there in the garden, God said to Adam and Eve, you shall not Eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will surely die. And that's exactly what came. Of course, Satan was whispering to them, you shall not surely die. He's a liar. He's still a liar. Death is now a part of the human condition. But physical death is the only kind of death that any of us should ever have to experience. Some people, you see, die not only physically, but they die spiritually. And that brings us to the faces of death, the kinds of death. When we talk about death, there are different types of death. There's physical death. That's what's spoken of. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. As the body without the spirit is dead is dead. And so when a person dies physically, it's their body that dies. The real person lives on. The spirit leaves the body. That's why when you see a person who has passed away, when you see the body of the person, it looks so different. It's it's lifeless, obviously, because the life of the person is not in the physical body, it's in the spirit. And the spirit is what animates the physical body. And when the spirit is gone, there is no life in the physical body. The the Bible describes the physical body as like a tent that we dwell in while we're on this earth. But someday the tent that we dwell in will perish. And the real you that God knew before the foundation of the world, before you were ever born, God knew you. The real you lives on for eternity. The question is, where? Where do you spend eternity? Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. And so when we grieve over the death of a person that we love and care about, It is the loss that we feel. It is the separation we now experience from that person. That's what we grieve for. 
the physical body is just a tent, a dwelling place. The real person, the spirit, returns to God. In physical death, the spirit and the soul leave the body and move either into the presence of God or in isolation from God in a place that we call hell, that the Bible describes. And so that is physical death. It brings that reality to pass. But then there's spiritual death. And we're all spiritually dead the moment we sin. And the Bible says we all sin. Romans 6.23 tells us for the wages of sin is death. That's spiritual death. It eventually brings physical death too. But spiritual death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so spiritual death is another kind of death. And we're dead spiritually until we receive Christ as our Savior. And once Christ comes into our life, we are made alive. We are made alive in Jesus Christ. And so spiritual death is a death then that goes on for eternity if you do not have the intervention of God into your life. That's why Jesus came. He came because he knew without him we have no hope. And so he, he left heaven and came to earth and took on human flesh and bore our sin. He went to the cross so that our sin could be paid for, could be forgiven. And then he offers eternal life to all who will trust in him because he not only died, he rose again from the dead. And so because of that, because he lives, because of what he did, we can be delivered from death, from spiritual death and actually physical death that only becomes a gateway into the presence of God. And so spiritual death is what Jesus was talking about when he said to Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus, who was a religious guy? He was a religious leader of Israel. He came to Jesus at night. He didn't want anybody to know he was coming to see Jesus. But he had questions. And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. You must be made alive from above. You have to not only be born physically, but you must be born spiritually from God, from above. And that's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ into your life. You are born again. You now are alive spiritually. And that will never change. Nothing can ever touch that. Physical death does not alter that reality. In fact, the reality of your life becomes the fact you are born again and you're alive spiritually. And the physical death becomes only a transition, a moving from this life into the eternal presence of God. But the, the real you, your spirit, your soul, you're already alive now and forever. Eternal life begins the moment you accept Christ. And it goes on through your physical death and into eternity and forever. And then there's a third type of death that is mentioned, and it's called the second death. Look at Revelation 20, verses 13 to 15. 
And really the second death is simply a person who is spiritually dead, who has never been made alive in Jesus Christ. And once you get to the end of the age, after Christ returns at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, after the millennial reign, after the rebellion of Satan, at the end of all of that, there is the great white throne judgment. And look what it says in Revelation 20, verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the final eternal casting into the lake of fire of those who do not know Christ as their Savior. It's described as the second death. So it's the spiritual death that a person has because they don't receive Christ. And the ultimate end of that is an eternal separation from God along with Satan in the lake of fire. If your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, then that will be a part of your eternity. That will be your eternity, the second death. As one person has said, you see that, I think, in the notes you may have, if you've been born only once, you'll have to die twice. But if you've been born twice, you will only have to die once. And so if you have been born twice, physically and spiritually, you will only experience physical death. You will not experience eternal death, separation from God. The second death will not be a part of your reality. But if you are only born physically and you never receive Christ into your life, your name is not written as a child of God in the Lamb's book of life, then you will experience a second death, a separation from God forever. Now, the great news is that isn't necessary. That's why Jesus came for us. He's done all that needs to be done for you to have eternal life. And so... Uh, don't take this as a message that is all negative. It's not. Really, it's just stating the reality of where we are without Christ. But the good news rises above it all and says that because of Jesus Christ, you don't have to be afraid of death. Because once Jesus comes into your life, you have eternal life. And the only thing you have to face at the end of your days on this earth is the end of the physical body and the moving into the finally home that Stan sang about. Heaven, the presence of God forever and forever. And so that's what the scripture is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 54, where it says, Paul says, so when this corruptible, talking about the body, your body that will disintegrate, that will die, that is corruptible. It doesn't last forever. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death 
is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, or oh, oh, Hades, oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is victory. There is life in the name of Jesus. And that life supersedes the physical death that may come if we're uh, not in the generation alive when Jesus comes back, we're all going to experience a physical death. But that is nothing to fear for the child of God. So if you have Jesus in your life, you don't have to be afraid of death. Now, many times what we feel a fear of is the process of getting to that moment. We fear the effect it will have on people that we love. But as Christians... We can trust that just as God will take care of us through that process and at that moment, he's going to take care of those that are left behind too. God is faithful. He will do that. He will care for those who feel the loss of somebody that they love. But as for you, thinking about your own death, you don't have to be afraid. Now, if you're not a Christian... There's a lot to fear. It's not a fair thing to tell somebody who does not have Jesus Christ in their life that you don't have to be afraid of death. They should be afraid. They should be very afraid because that is the end of their opportunity to make preparation for eternity and to have this, this life that only Jesus can give them. So we shouldn't lie to people. But through Jesus Christ, when Jesus comes into your life, then you don't have to be afraid of death. It is a transition. It is a moving from this life into the Father's house, the place that he has prepared just for you. The fear of death. Let's think about that in this last part of the message. For Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 tells us that the prince of death, as he's described, Satan, the devil, the prince of death, has been defeated. These verses, listen to what they say. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. And so Jesus, by taking on flesh and blood like us, and being the sinless sacrifice for our sin, he took on death. He died. And through his death, he sets us free from the bondage of the fear of death. We don't have to fear death because somebody has already entered into that experience in our behalf and that someone is Jesus Christ. And he died in our place so that the only death we ever have to face is a physical death, a transition from here to eternity in the presence of God. But we're not 
spiritually dead. We don't have to be afraid of separation from God. David Jeremiah summarized those verses in this way. Jesus conquered death by death, freeing us from the fear of death. Jesus conquered death by death, his own death, by dying in our place so that we can be set free from the fear of death. I hope today you have peace, peace with God and peace in your heart about those who die in the Lord and your own death. Sometimes people never come to that sense of peace. They don't ever want to let go. And I know it's hard to let go of those who have gone on before us. And you don't ever have to forget those people. You're going to see them again through Jesus Christ. And they're a part of your life as long as you live on this earth and then beyond. The memories that you have, the experiences that you have. But you can be at peace about the fact that they who die in the Lord, precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his saints. So God is taking care of them, and he will take care of you. So the prince of death has been defeated. The power of death has been destroyed, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15. Also Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded, what? That neither death, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Neither death. Death can't separate you from God. In fact, death, physical death, ushers you into the presence of God, the face-to-face presence of God. I think earlier, uh, Wilma played face-to-face with Christ my Savior. Face-to-face. What will it be? Face-to-face when I behold him. Jesus Christ who died for me. When you die physically, the real you steps into the presence of God. And now you don't see through a glass dimly anymore. Now you see him face to face. And so that is something to look forward to because it will be something like we've never experienced before. The process of death has been described. Look at Luke 16. We won't look at that entire passage, but let me read a few of these verses. Luke 16, Jesus told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. It said, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Carried by the angels. I have been at the bedside of many people when they passed away. And it is... It's an awe-inspiring 
moment. It's obviously sad because of the loss of the family. But when you see somebody step from this life into eternity, you know that God is at work. And I don't know exactly what happens. We know in this case, in the story that Jesus told, it says angels carried that man. Maybe that happens every time. I don't know. I know I have uh, seen people who in their last moments, they talk about seeing uh, a beautiful light. They talk about seeing the Lord. I, I've been there when people said they, they could see the Lord. I don't know exactly what happens. But what I do know is that God is present. The presence of God is there. And if the presence of God is there, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. And so don't be afraid of that moment because God will be there. And he will take you by the hand. It may be through, through angels. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but he's going to simply take you from here into heaven. And there's nothing to be afraid of. So trust in him. He's told us, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. So you can trust that when that moment comes, because Jesus lives in you, there is nothing to fear. And the picture of death has been developed in the 23rd Psalm. If you look at that great Psalm, you find a statement that I think is a very clear statement about what is coming, the experience of death. Now, he talks about life, too, but part of life is the valley of the shadow of death. 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, notice that in the first three verses, the psalmist, David, is talking about God in the third person, the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then there's a transition in verse 4 when he starts talking about death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He's talking directly now to the Lord. He's not talking about the Lord. He's talking to the Lord. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And on through the rest of the psalm, now it's, it's me and you. It's personal. It's direct. And so that should tell you that when death comes, when that moment comes, the Lord's presence is there. He 
is faithful. But when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's you, Lord, are with me. Face to face. The truths about death from this psalm, first, it's a journey, not a destination. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You walk through it. Death is not a destination. And so those who die, they're not in the grave, and that's where they are, and you go out there, and you sit, and you talk to them. Now, you may want to go out and visit the cemetery in honor of that person and just to, to think about them. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with even talking in, in your mind's eye to that person. I'm not putting that down at all. But don't go there thinking that that person is in that grave. They're not. They're with the Lord. Death is not a destination. It is a journey. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it is a shadow. Some of you may have heard in sermons that I've preached at some funerals talk about this. This thing of the shadow of death. Many people think this is referring to, well, I almost died. I got very sick. I had a terrible illness. I was in the shadow of death, but I didn't die. And God brought me through it. That happens sometimes, doesn't it? We can be very close to death, but we don't die. You could call that a shadow. You're close to death. But I think it's far more than that. I think this is talking about death itself. Death is but a shadow. It isn't the final word. It gives the appearance that the person is gone and eternity now will never see them again. But that's not the reality. Death is a shadow. But the reality is Jesus Christ and your relationship to him. And that's what Dr. Jeremiah reinforced is that death is but a shadow. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to say that physical death is not a real thing. It is. And it's a terrible thing to have to walk through because we miss those people. We love those people who, who have gone before us. It's very real. But it isn't the ultimate reality. It isn't the final word. It is a shadow. But it hasn't touched them for eternity. It hasn't altered who they are. They are now in the presence of God. Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse was a great pastor of the 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia many, many years ago. He lost his wife when his daughter was just a child. And Dr. Barnhouse, it said, was trying to help his little girl and himself process the loss of his wife and to help his daughter. Once when they were driving, a huge moving truck passed them. As it passed, the shadow of the truck swept over the car and Dr. Barnhouse said something like this to his daughter. Would you rather be run over by a truck or its shadow? And his daughter said, well, the shadow, of course. That can't hurt us at all. Dr. Barnhouse replied, that's right. If the truck doesn't hit you but only its shadow, then you're fine. Well, it was only the shadow of death that went over your mother. She's actually alive, more alive than we are. And that's because 2,000 years ago, 
You might say the real truck of death hit Jesus because death crushed Jesus. He died for us. And we believe in him. And now the only thing that can come over us is the shadow of death. We cannot be crushed by death because Jesus has already taken that for us. And so when the shadow of death comes, it is only our entrance into glory. It is a moving day from this life into the presence of God. There's a poem, I don't have it here, I just thought about it, that I've shared many times at funerals, that talks about stepping over the threshold. And that is what death for the Christian is. And if somebody goes out of this room and through the door, and steps over the threshold into another room, you don't see them. You don't hear them. And you could begin to think, well, they don't exist anymore. I'll never see them again. They're actually not that far away. They've just stepped through the door. They've stepped over the threshold. Because of Jesus Christ, that's what death is for us. It is a moving to another room. And for a while, we're not going to see that person. We're not going to hear their voice. But that's not the end of the story. Someday, we'll join them We'll step over the same threshold and into the presence of God. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of death. Instead, trust in the love and the power of God. This is the very heart of the gospel, really. This is what Jesus came for, to deliver us from evil, to deliver us from death itself, and to give us life everlasting. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. We pray that it has been a comfort today to someone here who needed to hear the truth about death. And Lord, there may be someone here today who is not confident that they're ready to face physical death. They aren't prepared to step out into eternity. May this moment be the moment that they give their life to Jesus Christ. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that you died for each person. You gave your life to pay for our sin. And we pray in this moment now, if someone needs to receive you, they'll be willing to say, Jesus, I believe that you love me. I believe you came for me. I believe you died to pay for my sin. I ask you now to forgive me. Come into my life. I give my life to you. And as simple as that sounds, Lord, we know that it is the most profound thing we can ever say. Because in that moment, you say, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we take you at your word. And we thank you for the salvation, the forgiveness, the eternal life you give us. 
because of your love and mercy and grace. Lord, we ask in this time of invitation now, if there's someone who needs help in praying that very prayer, or if they need to let others know they've given their life to you, or if there's someone who needs a church home and you're leading them to this church, whatever decisions you're leading us to make, publicly or privately, we pray that now your will would be done in each life. For we pray this in the strong name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.